from the art section of the New York Times. Starring me, A Surreal Dive into Immersive Theater, by Sarah Lyle. All of us have anti-bucket lists of things we do not want to do before we die. And mine includes any activity requiring potentially embarrassing public participation. Wearing a costume, declaiming before a crowd, playing spin the bottle, clapping along to a jaunty show tune, marching, chanting, speaking spontaneously into a microphone, ceding free will to a larger force, doing the hokey pokey, and turning myself about— I have made it my business to avoid these things. So I am not the natural ticket buyer for the immersive and participatory theater that is taking hold in the city as art forms bleed together, companies experiment with different storytelling approaches, and people clamor for more active artistic experiences. Is the passive audience dead? In more ways than one, you begin to wonder. These fourth-wall-blurring productions, large or small, loosely organized or tightly choreographed, presented for audiences of hundreds or audiences of one, suggest that this could one day be true. But what about people like me, for whom passive artistic experiences have always been just fine, thank you? As a friend said when I invited him to The Walking Dead Experience, in which visitors negotiate various predicaments involving locked doors, human entrails, and actors playing blood-spattered law enforcement officials who are possibly zombies, lordy, does that sound unpleasant. I decided to investigate. In the last six weeks or so, I've gone to ten events involving all levels of participation, from not much to non-stop, varying in price from $18 to $200 a ticket, and ranging in personal discomfort level from mildly embarrassing to horrifically mortifying. I've experienced many interesting things. There I was, for instance, being harangued by a fake chef wielding a real knife in House World, in which the audience wanders through a house full of odd characters teasing out a surreal underlying story. There I was, rifling through a musty medicine cabinet in... Then She Fell, a trippy literary production that takes Alice's adventures in Wonderland and runs away with it. I had a fake gun pointed at my temple at the Walking Dead event, a cryptic letter snatched from my hand by a testy actor in the wildly popular Macbeth-inspired Sleep No More, and a rain poncho thrust over me as I was sprayed with water in Take Care, a play about hurricanes and other unhappy subjects. At The Tower, a production that brings an anarchic Sweeney Todd vibe to the story of the ill-fated Donner Party, I was nearly knocked down by some actors portraying starving, freezing, soon-to-be cannibalistic American pioneers. Most alarming of all, I had to explain to my fellow audience members at a role-playing evening based on teen horror movie conventions why I, just a small-town girl named Lila Marie, had developed a passion for pole dancing. I cannot say that this investigation made me want to join an avant-garde acting troupe, but my self-conscious little internal voice, the one that keeps experiences at bay by critiquing them even as they happen, took itself off to a bar and got pleasantly drunk. Some productions were so compelling that you could not help but lose yourself in them, and that was exciting and unexpected. I also learned a few things about what works and what doesn't. They might be helpful to consider as you decide whether to travel to a 1970s-era fantasy island in The Grand Paradise, an elaborate, immersive adventure opening at the end of the month. An open-minded friend came along to most of the events, which helped when, for instance, a wave of inhibition washed over me at the beginning of Houseworld, 
We were sitting in a barely lit, incense-scented, moody, music-suffused church vestibule, waiting to be decanted into a creepy house full of who knew what, and I wanted to go home. It was also nice to have him there for psychological ballast and post-performance analysis after Sleep No More, which was kind of scary, set in room after room of strikingly off-kilter decor, a forest in one, rows of hospital beds in another, stuffed birds in a third, not to mention the murderous action taking place therein. And in Take Care, my friend was forced to put on sweatpants and make hurricane-style wind noises into a microphone as a kind of mood-setting kickoff to the evening, which allowed me the pleasure of thinking, thank God that's not me. But some things are best experienced alone. I would have been embarrassed to have had even a glancing acquaintance witness how readily I bought into the Walking Dead scenario, how much I clamored to be the one to take charge of saving us from death by fake zombie.